Well, hello there, and welcome to a very special episode of The Break. I am standing here in front of the Excel Center in London. This is day two of the Star Wars celebration. The sun is shining, the temperatures are really nice, and this has been a meeting place for Star Wars fans from early morning, and it will be until early evening. This morning began with me uh, heading to Excel Station, so I'm staying at a hotel in the eastern part of London, so it takes me a bus and a train to get here. Um, and then I, I walked straight into Darth Vader and one of his stormtroopers without helmets. They stepped on the train and I knew them personally um, in real life because they are members of the Dutch garrison, which is the Dutch division of the famous 501st cosplay, Star Wars cosplay uh, community. And um, almost all my Dutch friends have traveled to the UK because it's so close by to be here at this convention. Now, they were all dressed up as stormtroopers, Darth Vader, uh, there was an emperor, there were tons of, uh, you know, sand troopers, snow troopers, etc., etc. Because this morning, here on the steps in front of the Excel Center, um, all these cosplayers from all over the world gathered for a huge, huge group photo. And so I immediately started filming because it's such amazing material. You see so many great costumes. And what really appealed to me was to get to know all these different countries, like Star Wars friends from, from, um, from Italy, from Spain, from America, of course. Uh, there was a whole division of French uh, stormtroopers and, and Imperial officers. There was a massive group of German um, uh, 501st members. And then, of course, I've got my own duchies. And so um, I, I, I interviewed them, I filmed around, and then they all gathered on the steps here. It took more than an hour to set up. And then, of course, they took the, the photos. Um, one thing that was really touching was that after they'd done the official photos, all of a sudden, uh, a guy takes a bullhorn and says, I just stay there just for a second. There is something important that is going to happen. Steps, th this guy steps forward um, and his girlfriend and he gets on his knee and offers her a ring. And so it's a, it's a, a wedding proposal and it was absolutely magical. And uh, it was so special. And of course, to have this huge army, literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of costumed Star Wars fans applauding and cheering and you had little Jawas making the Jawa noises because they sometimes carry these, these small speakers and, and, and uh, it was incredible. So much fun. And, um, and then I, I walked around and, and just chatted and met so many new people. Um, and, and that for me is, I think, the magic of, of this celebration. And also, in a certain way, um, maybe the way I discovered how to do these big events. One of the problems I have with these massive, massive conventions is, um, is the fear of missing out. You know, how, how can I possibly take in everything? Because there's so much to see, so much to do. And if I would only focus on the Star Wars news, which I'll get to in a minute in the TV and movie segment, then that alone would take most of my days. It's what I did yesterday. I stayed in the, in the main hall uh, where they have a live stage to, just to see all the actors and to hear the stories about 
past and future Star Wars productions. But at the end of the day, I've, I was exhausted. It was just too much. And so for today, this morning I woke up, the sun was still shining, which they hadn't predicted. It was going to be overcast. Um, but it's such a wonderful day. And I saw these costume players from the Netherlands and I decided there and then I am only going to focus on encounters today. I'm just going to talk and meet people and chat and, and, and that's it. So um, it's been magical so far. Much, much better than yesterday. Yesterday I felt I was totally overdosed with Star Wars. I, I know that some of you might think, but you can never have enough Star Wars. Well, yesterday I definitely had enough, more than enough. But today is really making up for it. So I'm having a blast. And what I'm going to do in this episode of The Break is to give you a tour of the premises. Because most of you aren't here right now. So I want to bring you along and I'll just go from hall to hall describing everything um, that takes place there. And maybe we'll encounter some people on our journey through uh, the Star Wars celebration. Um, I almost... Uh, regret having to go back inside because the sun is really warm and I arrived here a week ago it was bitter cold in in London I spent a few days just exploring London this as a city it was raining I was drenched I was cold there was a lot of wind and the weather has only been improving over time so I spent a couple of days in Leicester with uh, Michiel and Liz uh, good friends from our Tridio community and now I'm back in, in London for the Star Wars celebration. I'm now walking underneath uh, some kind of a tent-like structure. It's a big uh, corridor that leads from the actual entrance here behind me, where I just was, to a side entrance. Because of security, they locked off the front doors. And so you can exit here, but you have to go through the side of the building to go through security and to get your badge checked and everything. But what I love about this particular um, corridor, this, this links the Excel Center with the train station and with the um, underground. So it's, it's super useful if you want to travel here from the center of, of London. Very, very good connections. Um, for me, unfortunately, because right now I'm staying at a hotel pretty, pretty much to the, on the fringe of, of London. It takes a ton of time by bus. <laughs> Yesterday was a disaster. One of the roads was closed off, and so I came back from here. It was on, on Good Friday. I wanted to go to the church because I'm um, celebrating in, um, in the, uh, the, the parish close to my hotel. But the bus got stuck in a huge traffic jam. So we've been stuck for two hours, and then we saw that, that one of the main roads was blocked off. There had been an accident, probably. And so the bus driver basically kicked us out. And it was still a 45-minute walk to the hotel. And, oh my gosh, I, 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 was, I think I was back at the hotel at like 9 o'clock. I hadn't eaten, hadn't, hadn't had a, dr a, a drop of water all day long. This is probably one of the reasons that I was so exhausted. It, it felt almost like a way of the cross to a certain extent. Um, so I said my prayers on the way back to the hotel. And then I decided that, you know, I'm getting too old for this. I should really pace myself because I've got three more days to go. And so, uh, yeah, today I slept in a bit. Uh, one of the advantages is if you sleep in, 
you skip the lines because in the morning, some of these fans, because they want to get into the panels, they will start lining up at six o'clock in the morning. And even if you, the doors open at 10, um, but even if you are there right in front of the, the main entrance, you still will have to wait one to two hours in line. Whereas I just stayed at the hotel, got a cup of coffee, said my prayers, just cleaned up my room a little bit. And then I, I walked straight in, there was no one here. And I feel like I didn't miss a thing. I, as I said, I, I just uh, walked straight into the big photo op, uh, the photo shoot with all the stormtroopers and Darth Vader's and emperors. And, and, and I had the time of my life. So right now I'm recording this uh, around lunchtime. I just had a, a sandwich and, uh, and a nice uh, frappuccino. I think it's called a frappuccino. I like this ice cold coffee with, um, with cream on top. Oh my gosh, I'm so happy that Lent is over. <laughs> At least the fasting is over. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, yesterday I, I may have overdone it a little bit. I was dehydrated and, and, and really almost fainted because I was, so, I was so exhausted. But today's a lot better. Tonight I'll have um, the Easter Vigil um, at the parish again. Uh, there's a very, very uh, nice team of priests. There are two priests there right now, and the pastor and, and his assistant are both from Poland. And so, um, super welcoming. The pastor looks very much like John Paul II. This is really strange. I mean, he's got the same accent, he's got that same smile, the same hair. It's like, wow, I know that Catholics don't believe in reincarnation. And that's a good thing because otherwise I would think, you know, either a clone or a family member. <laughs> but super kind, a very wonderful community, a very international community. Go through security here, so if you hear any beeping, it's because of the, they, they do the scan for, for lightsabers and that sort of stuff. I only carry like a small camera bag and this microphone, so it's super simple to walk in. Never had any problems. So they do the, ba the badge check and then... Uh, I just uh, walk straight on to the convention floor. I'm, I'm currently in a huge hall. I mean, it's like the size of, a, of like an airplane hangar. You could probably fit like two or three airplanes in here. And there's almost no one. On the left are a few stands there for the will call where people can get their badges in case they somehow didn't get them delivered at home. Um, and then the rest here is just lines and lines and lines all fenced off and this I think this morning was completely filled with people thousands of people waiting in line so I, I didn't do any of that tonight um, I'm going back home a little bit earlier because of traffic you know I don't want a repeat of what happened yesterday and then at eight o'clock we have the start of the Easter vigil which will probably take a couple of hours but I'll, I'll probably be in bed before midnight, which is good because tomorrow on Easter, um, there's going to be uh, another full day. And then on Monday is the last day. And then I go home. So here we are at the entrance to the main corridor. So this building is set up in such a way that there is a central corridor, which has all the food stands. And then on both sides of this huge corridor, you have these halls like this one, where in some of them, they have created spaces for the various events. Now, this may get a little bit loud, my apologies in advance, uh, because of course this place is crawling with Star Wars fans. There are way more families today than yesterday. I guess it's obviously because it's the Easter weekend and almost everyone is free, so they can take their kids here. And it's also 
less crowded. Yesterday, at one point, this hallway was so full of people that you could not move. People were just stuck in place because uh, it was overcrowded. Um, I guess it's mostly due to the layout of this building, which is probably fine for a regular convention, but if you are hosting a big international event like this, I feel like, yes, the, there is enough space for the events, but when it comes to human traffic, that's probably not the word, but you know what I mean, like the people just in one place at the same time, it's a little bit too small, I would say, to, I don't know, it's not well designed. So here in the center, you've got Costa, you've got a bar, um, here people can get their food. There's another hall here on my right, which I think is also mostly food. Yeah, it says food hall. So here you've you got lots of uh, small groups of Star Wars fans sitting and eating and lots of other, you know, popcorn and a burger place and what, whatnot. And people are just sitting here chilling and, and talking about their experiences. And I'm not going back into the main corridor, but instead I'm going to walk past this wall to a fenced-off area of the same hangar. Uh, and I think this will bring me to one of the main locations for fans during this event. Uh, maybe you can already hear in the background some of the, like, uh, announcers. So here is, for instance, a collecting track. This is a smaller panel, so it's partly fenced off and people can sit here and sometimes it's just fans or, or uh, collectors that are um, telling their story. But then on the other side, there's a huge hall and you can probably hear in the background that people are talking. This is called the, the Life High. <laughs> Yeah, nice to meet you too. I've seen your YouTube videos. Oh, look. Yeah. Uit Nederland? Ja, zeker. Ja, yeah, yeah. ik hoorde al zoiets. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, These are people, good. fans from, uh, fellow friends from the Netherlands. Yeah. What's your name? Mark, Mark Kuyn, van, van Uit Horen. Mark Uit Horen, yeah. and you are? I'm, I'm Andy, I'm from the UK. So from the UK. I don't, I don't know you. A I'm little sorry. less Dutch than, yeah. than we are, but... Uh, yeah, leuk je in het echt ontmoeten. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a pleasure. I'm podcasting right now. Perfect. Have a great time. Thank you. Bye-bye. See ya. This has been happening all the time. Like, I know you from YouTube. I've seen your videos on Facebook. And it's a lot of fun. I don't have to do anything. People walk up to me and we have a conversation. So the, the, the sound that you hear is from a, uh, a panel that is now broadcast from one of the main halls where um, you need to have a ticket to be at those panels. But some of them are retransmitted to this live hall and you can watch them on big screens. In the center is this huge stage that they built up. It's similar to what they did in Anaheim. There is a Belgian group of builders that does this for Lucasfilm. And so what you hear in the background is, is uh, Ming, what's her name, Ming Na Kung from, I'm probably butchering her name. Uh, she is in The Mandalorian. Uh, and, no, The Book of Boa Fett, uh, of course. She was... Uh, uh, the, the, the other warrior that fought alongside Boba Fett. Um, Ming-Na Wong, right? That's the name. Anyway, she's presenting a panel about a 40-year history of the return of the Jedi. But this main center, this is where I was most of yesterday. Uh, there's a gorgeous backdrop of a, a, a kind of Tatooine-like setting. 
they mounted some background LED screens on which they're projecting um, a CGI version of, uh, you could say, a, a, a town or a city, um, maybe Mos Eisley, uh, in the background, so it gives it a little bit of life. Uh, there is a centerpiece uh, with, a, with a, a lane leading to it. It's a little bit elevated, um, and it's, it's made like to be like the forge uh, in, in The Mandalorian. Um, and so that's, they have some chairs there, and, and anyone who is being interviewed is sitting around that Mandalorian forge. Um, and so yesterday they had a ton of amazing guests and actors. This was the only day that was not... Um, well, it was probably planned in advance, but they didn't announce it in advance. So it was always a surprise who's going to be the next actor or, or director or whatever. And so I've been standing here for, I would say, six, seven hours on my feet because it got better all the time. We had like um, the, the actors from The Acolyte, which is an upcoming series. Of course, nobody knows them yet because we haven't seen that series, but it was still really cool to, to hear some, some tidbits about the production of, of the, and the style of The Acolyte. Then we had, at uh, one point, various actors that I totally did not expect, like uh, Diego Luna was here from Andor. Tony Gilroy, who's the writer of Andor, he was amazing. Uh, we had a couple of actors from The Mandalorian. We had um, Bo-Katan, uh, Katie Sackhoff. I'm a huge fan of her. And, and what I love about this particular stage is they have more time to go, you know, to just chat and you get to see the kind of the human side as well of the various actors and people, people involved. There was also a panel about the upcoming Indiana Jones movie. Um, so we had the director. Who, uh, who was talking about his experience and how he... Oh, excuse me. I keep bumping into people because I'm not t paying attention. And, um, and, and we got to see a new trailer. We also got to see the trailer for Ahsoka, which I reacted to. I posted a video on, on YouTube if you want to check it out. And um, uh, it's... it's um, the, the only downside of some of these interviews is that uh, there are such strict NDAs for all the actors so they cannot really give any details especially if it's for an upcoming project so there was constantly this kind of evasion of questions and so they would just say well you know what we had a great time and Star Wars is very special it's like yeah we kind of know that otherwise we wouldn't be here so it's in the meantime I've entered the collection uh, hall this is adjacent or it's actually still in the same hall as the cent central life stage um, but this is where a lot of the people that come here for to get like this, all their mer the merchandise and the toys and whatnot. There are also some cosplayers here. Like there's a huge guy uh, who is uh, in a Chewbacca costume. He took off his head, but it, that's an amazing high quality Chewbacca. They come in various sizes and definitely also various uh, quality levels. But this is a very um, convincing one. Speaking of of um, uh, cosplayers. There are way more cosplayers today than there were yesterday. I think it's because on Friday people were still kind of scouting the place and um, a lot of people traveled in. They, they, they just stepped off the plane or the boat. They were still tired. So I can imagine that you don't want to walk around here on day one in full costume. It's pretty warm, of course, if you, especially if you're in Jedi robes or stuff that is made out of fabric. 
um, it's uh, the, if you wear a helmet like the stormtroopers, you're kind of basically imagine yourself walking around with a bucket on your head. That's how it feels. So it's 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 kind of very constrained. So what my guess is that a lot of cosplayers took Friday to just check out the place, attend some panels, and then today everybody get dressed up. Maybe tomorrow as well. But to me, having cosplayers at events like this is super important for the overall atmosphere. And this is also where I find this particular celebration, or maybe it's just a Star Wars celebration as a, a type of event, a little bit lacking, especially compared to... Oh, look at that. That's a female Gro Yoda Grogu type. Like with, I, love, I love the way you did that with the hair and everything. <laughs> Amazing. Like, I always have to do that. When I see an original costume or, you know, just have a little chat. Because I know for them, they've sometimes been working on their costumes for over a year. This morning I talked to uh, one of my fellow Dutch uh, a cos... Well, I'm not a cosplayer myself, even though I'm always in costume. But uh, <laughs> she had made this Swilak costume of the, the owner of the bar in uh, the Book of Boba Fett. And she had worked an, a year on that costume. This was the first time that she was able to wear it and to show it off. Um, and of course, I, I mean, I want to acknowledge the, the, just the work and the creativity that they pour into uh, their costumes. It, it's the creativity for me. That's creativity and friendship. That's the heart of, of these events. And so, what kind of surprised me a little bit already last year, but this year it's much worse is how... Clear the space. Oh, we need to clear, clear the, the space. space. Oh, there, there's a procession of Mandalorians. This is the way! This is the way! This is the way! These are all guys in Mandalorian costumes. And you can tell that they are from the strict observance because it's all Mandalorian. This is the way. No helmets taken off. Hang on, you're the YouTuber. I am, I am Father Roderick. <laughs> yeah, that happens. <laughs> that happens. So, we've got all the Mandalorians here stopping by. Uh, wonderful costumes. This used to be a pretty fringe thing, the Mandalorians, especially among cosplayers, because for a long time, of course, we only had Boba Fett, who is not, strictly speaking, a Mandalorian. He has Mandalorian armor, but he isn't a Mandalorian himself. But there were these kind of extended universe stories about Mandalorian culture. And it's only thanks to the Clone Wars and later on, of course, the Mandalorian television series that this has become a huge thing. And all these fans and cosplayers that have created their own Mandalorian costumes now form really a, 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 a very visual, important group. And everybody can relate to that Mandalorian culture now because we know it from the television series. I'm passing... Um, uh, next to an area that's again kind of close to uh, closed off from this kind of commercial area and this is where people get their autographs so they're standing in line here they have sometimes photos or books because I think these are all writers um, and you can get an autograph I think with the writers it's actually I don't think you have to pay or maybe just a little bit further down the hall you've got the big session photo sessions with the main actors and secondary actors and that tends to be a lot more expensive you have to book that in advance um, and prices are outrageous I mean Hayden Christensen who of course plays Anakin in the prequels uh, in the last two prequels I think he, 
to get a photo with him was 270 pounds, which I don't know how much that is in dollars, probably more than $300, um, because he's never done conventions. He did last year for the first time since the prequels came out, and this is his second one, so everybody wants to get his photo. And for him, it's, of course, also a good source of income. Okay, I can get a little bit closer to the autograph session, um, section here. So uh, they have the names above, because these are writers, so or comic book writers or illustrators, so you don't really know their faces as much as you do know the actors, of course. But here you've got Sean Crawford, Tim Dry, Vivian Lyra Blair, Michael Carter, Tim Rose, uh, Dennis Lawson. Some of you Star Wars fans will recognize these names. Brian Herring, Matthew Wood, uh, Silas Carson, uh, Junus Sub Subtamo, Indira Marma, and Aid Aiden Cook. Now, I have to, I have to really um, apologize for not knowing exactly who is who. Um, but this is this is kind of a calmer section over there when they do where they do the autographs with the with the actors. It's very crowded and it's also very strict because, of course, uh, no freebies here. This is a, this is for a lot of actors a, a very substantial source of income. And so, even though it's handled by a company that helps with the logistics, uh, they still, of course, retain a pretty large percentage of, uh, uh, of the money that is asked for these photos. And so here, this is where the, the, the people that have taken their photos come out. Um, they can get their photos. Sometimes they, um, uh, they will get them, I think they're scanning the photos for some reason. Maybe it's because they get a digital thing. Yeah, they, so they scan like the, the codes and what's funny is like when people come out, they're all smiling because of course they've been in the presence of their favorite movie stars. And I remember exactly how that felt when um, Rob took me for a photo shoot or one photo op with Ewan McGregor last year. And it was just surreal to be, and even though that, that, that's just like a 10 second thing, you know, you, you, you walk into the, 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 the shooting location and you say hi and they take a photo and then you're off. But it, it, in your mind, the memory of that encounter is, is it just expands and it becomes like this thing, oh my gosh, I have been talking to Ian McGregor. <laughs> and, and you know what? Uh, while I was filming here, and I, I've been kind of pondering about a, a documentary uh, to, to kind of show from a religious angle what the importance is of events like this and why it's, it's, it's important for our culture as well. Um, I keep making these or seeing these religious parallels and in, in many ways encountering one of your favorite movie stars is what for, um, for, for a Catholic for instance would be an encounter with, with Pope Francis or Pope Benedict or whoever your favorite Pope or Bishop is. It's like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm like really here. And I know this person, um, but this is the first time that I see him in real life. And so, uh, and, and I think the same thing with these autographs. I, I kind of understand why people spend so much money on them, because it's a little bit, it's like a relic. It's a little piece of someone you admire, someone who may be in real life or as a character, or may be an example to you, uh, maybe have been important in, your, in a phase of your life, you get to take something very material with you that reminds you of your encounter. 
And so that is in fact what relics are in the Catholic Church as well. It's not just kind of this morbid hobby of collecting bone fragments of saints. It's, it came from this desire of people to be close, to be physically close to the people that inspired them. And so, and, and, and the same thing is true for second grade relics, you know, think not body parts or, or pieces of bone, but for instance, um, pieces of cloth that may have been part of, a, of, of vestments that the saint has uh, worn or, or objects, you know. Um, and so, it's, for, for a long time, uh, think of, uh, for instance, the, 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 the Shroud of Turin, even though, of course, we don't know for sure um, if, if that is really the, the, the shroud uh, that covered Jesus' body in Jerusalem, but, but for many people it, it is, and it is, it brings them closer to that foundational event of their faith. Um, and so here I see similar, similar things happening. Uh, another example for me where I see a clear parallel is mythology. Um, mythology, of course, is storytelling, but it's more than just telling a story to entertain. It's telling a story to convey uh, a legacy, to convey values, to convey um, a model for life. And so we are wired, hardwired, to, to learn from stories. This is how we tell our, our own lives to other people. If someone asks you, so tell me about your life, you, you'll probably just highlight a few of the main, the main events, you know, the, 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 the things that really change your life. But the way you tell them is not factual, like, oh, and then I woke up and then this happened. No, you tell it in the form of a story. You, you say, I, I was lost, and, now, and then that day I was found. I, I had a horrible time, but that day everything changed. So you already change the events in your own life into a story. That is what I see happening in Star Wars as well. And, and to a certain extent, I think that, that what the people that, have, that are visiting here will take home are the highlights. You know, the, 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 you, you tell, and then in your memory, what re, the residual effect of an event like this is you remember um, all the great stuff and, and, and the, the, the things that made you feel good. And that's exactly the opposite of what people are moaning and complaining about, and, and sometimes also rightfully are complaining about, uh, beforehand and even during the event. So I've been following a lot of these Facebook groups. That's how a lot of people um, come up to me and they know me from this big Facebook group. It has more than 40,000 members and I'm the only one who, um, who does videos. And so that, that's how a lot of people got to know me <laughs> because like I, I saw you on Facebook. Um, so that was very, for me also, very instructive. Like, wow, this works. I should, instead of just staying on my own turf, my own YouTube, page, um, just po posting my, my videos on Facebook as well, uh, helps me to reach right now about 40,000 new people that may have never seen one single video or might, may not have ever listened to a podcast. Um, so anyway, a lot of people were complaining about how badly organized this was, the overcrowded hallway. Um, that they didn't get their tickets. Uh, some people invested a ton of money in this and they, they missed their appointment for an autograph or a photo op. So obviously a lot of people were not happy. But I'm always telling them, you know, um, 
focus on, on the good stuff. Focus on the things that you did like, because those are the memories that you want to keep. And all the rest will be gone. I, I remember, <laughs> actually I don't remember, last year at Star Wars convention in Anaheim, I was sick as a dog. And I completely forgot. I had this stomach bug, and I, I, I was so, so sick, and I could barely sometimes walk. I had to always stay in the vicinity of a bathroom. It was miserable. Couldn't eat for two days. Couldn't keep anything inside. I'll spare you the details. Someone reminded me of that. Someone who was there last year. He said, oh, yeah, I remember you were so sick. And I was like, really? Oh, yeah, yeah. I kind of vaguely remember that I wasn't well. But this is how, it, this is how our, our brain works. We, we tend to do, we form myths. And in a positive way. It's not that we make up reality, but we filter it out and we, we, we forge it into a story. Now this is, speaking, talking about stories, this is an amazing photo op here on the floor. So this is a, another kind of commercial hall with the Funko stuff and all the toys that you can buy. But they've got some stuff on display as well. This is the big fresco. I don't know how else to call it. It's a wall fresco that shows Ezra in the center, surrounded by Sabine and uh, Sadula and a little Royd and Zeb in the background. And, and I think that, that this is part of, I haven't finished watching Rebels, which is very annoying, but um, this, is, this is part of uh, the trailer for Ahsoka as well. So I think that, that um, well, I, I won't go into spoilers, but anyway, I do recognize this from the trailer and it's probably also somewhere uh, in the, in the uh, animated series as well. Um, and then another prop here in the center is this uh, very cool ATST um, with two different colored legs, differently colored legs, and I think it's the ATST with the red eyes, yeah, I know it is actually, that we see in The Mandalorian, uh, where they kind of patched it up, and, uh, and it's this very scary moment where the ATST attacks a, a village in the middle of the night, and these red eyes kind of glow in the dark. It's very cool. This is the first time that I've seen this one here. And all of these are, are built by fans. They're not, they're, not, they're not official props, but Lucasfilm will probably pay these, these fans, these um, groups of fans that, to build this, and they will ship it, which must be very expensive. But then, of course, uh, for Disney, it's relatively cheap. It's much cheaper than having to do all that by themselves. Oh, this is another thing that I, you know, wouldn't be my cup of tea, as they say, is a tattoo parlor. So there are about, I think, 30 tattoo artists, I think, and you can get an official Star Wars tattoo. Uh, it's, it's not open for modifications. You just have to pick something that you want to get tattooed on your whatever body part, and, uh, and, and, and then you pay for it. I guess if for some people, again, it's like taking home something permanent from, from, from an event that is, in its essence, fleeting. This is only four days. But, as I've explained many times, and also I tell, keep telling myself, life is about making memories. That's the most valuable thing that you can do, is to create memories. Because those will last a lifetime. And whereas stuff that you buy and you know the things that we gather it's it's 
it's it's here today and gone tomorrow, and so it's much more important, I think, to invest in in, in experiences like trips, traveling, um, events like this. For me, this is really um, something that w that will stay with me for a long time. So here we've got two two to two artists working on um, on two fans at the same time. So there's this Mandalorian fan, and he gets uh, a very cool. Uh, symbol, I can't really tell what it is. I think it's a, oh, it's a rebel, rebel symbol or something like that. Oh, it's this one. Ah, cool. What what does the symbol represent? It's from my fan film. Um, we made a Mandalorian Rebels and sort of, it's a crossover and that's what that, it's like two years worth of hard work and. Oh my gosh, and now it's for the rest of your life. Yeah. It's with you. That's so cool. And my son and my wife's name. Uh, my son's name is Anakin and my wife's name is Anna. I gather you are a Star Wars fan. <laughs> For life. <laughs> Where can people see something of your of your fan film? It's called Jet Streak Inc. Uh, Inc. with a K. Uh, and we're on YouTube and Instagram. It's the same handle on all of them. So. I'm going to check it out. That's lovely. Yeah, you can scan the QR code on the back and that links to the film. Fantastic. Have a wonderful time. That's nice. I knew it. Again, this is a story. This is not just, hey, I want a cool tattoo. No. It's a symbol of my fan film, something I put my heart and heart and soul in, and I want the names of the two people that are most important to me in life on my arm because I want to I want to carry them with me for the rest of my life. That is that beautiful. I never really got the whole tattoo thing, but I'm starting to appreciate that it's all about telling the story of your life and 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 creating something that is longer lasting than just most of the stuff that we experience in life. This is cool. This is a UK builders club of droids. Um, and behind this yellow fence, or this yellow well, piece of wire, it's actually, there are tons and tons of droids. These are not mechanical droids. They're just kind of props. Like here are three, oh my gosh, they move. <gasps> These are three pit, pit droids, you know, the ones from the, 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 what is it, the, the, the races on, uh, on Tatooine. And they're sitting here playing sabak around a small table, but their heads are moving and their arms are moving. This is insanely great. I have to come back here with my camera and film this. There's a steampunk R2-D2 here, which is the coolest thing I've ever seen. I mean, it's got like the, the bronze things instead of blue. Uh, the body is covered in, in this beautiful orange wood. It's got little valves on it and still very much looks like R2-D2. Um, of course, none of this is canon, but it is creativity. Here's another steampunk R5, with, which is even cooler because it's made out of leather and bronze and metal. You, you recognize the sound of this one, right? <laughs> Oh my God! What's his What's his name again? This uh, is Chopper. Oh, Chopper! Yeah, he's the the nasty droid from Rebels. Oh well, depends on whose side you are. I think yeah, nasty, <laughs> nasty uh, for his kill count. I think definitely. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone did, kind of added it all up, and it's like, oh my God, he's shocking, killed shocking, tens yep. of thousands of people. Absolutely. <laughs> are you part of the builders? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, well, we're the um, Builders Club, uh, which is kind of an international club. So this, this weekend we got people here from the States, we've got people here from Australia. Um, 
Canada, and we've got a big um, European contingent come over from Belgium and the like. And they all bring their self-made droids. Yeah, so we got um, the Belgians brought this uh, set here from the corner of the Millennium Falcon. Oh yeah, I recognise it. Uh, yeah. They brought some of the droids. Um, we've got individuals who've brought bits of the stands, and then people might, like myself who've just brought droids along. Fantastic. Uh, we all come together for events like this, particularly as it is Star Wars Celebration. How did you get into droid building? Uh, I don't know. I've always enjoyed making things, any kind of things, and I've also had a love of science fiction. Um, and, you know, one thing led to another. You've got to build a robot or something that's a bit like a robot. So I started off with a Dalek and then sort of migrated to the, the Star Wars universe, making droids there. <laughs> but what was your first droid that you made? Uh, my first droid... Um, first droid I started was R2-D2, regular standard R2-D2. Uh-huh. He's not finished yet. In the meantime, I've built about another eight or nine droids which have got finished. So poor old R2 wow. sits in the corner watching the others being built and not actually having been finished himself. He probably tells himself, but I am R2-D2. I know, I know. Nothing I, tops I, that. I, what, what is it? Why am I just left here in the corner? Yeah. <laughs> it's probably because the owner, the builder, doesn't want to finish the project because it's too special. <laughs> I, I get to that stage in the project where all the, the difficult bits have been done and then I can't start thinking about the next project. And unfortunately, he's, he's been left on the side. <laughs> but he's come along to the show. He's come along as an example of a wooden frame droid with aluminium skin. So he's, he's sitting over there somewhere. <laughs> Amazing. Well, it was great meeting you. And you. Have a lot of fun. Take care now. <laughs> I wasn't planning on doing these interviews, but I can't help myself. I hope you enjoy this. Oh, there's a little uh, baby emo droid from, from Andor. Oh my gosh, and it's life-size. It's a bit smaller than I thought it would be, but it's wonderful. I so love that droid. It's so, I don't know, there's something charming to that droid. And ah, these, again, it's all about creativity. Coming back to something I mentioned, uh, a thought that I mentioned before but didn't finish it, one of the downsides I feel, like, especially this particular convention, it's very commercial. Like the place where you could get the autographs and the photo ops, they didn't even do any effort to make it look pretty. It's just this almost Death Star-like efficiency with just fenced off black fences and you know, lots of security, and it doesn't feel like it fits the Star Wars vibe of the community and also the, what the stories are trying to convey. And in, in, in preparation for these days, it was all about the merchandise, the collecting, people like almost fighting each other uh, to, the, to the death about getting this one exclusive pin. And some, some people have just stood in line yesterday the entire day just to get their exclusive merch which then they will sell online for you know multiple times what they paid for it and I feel like this kind of spoils the experience a little bit I, I mean Star Wars fandom comes in many shapes and and who am I to say what the the best way is to be a Star Wars fan I'm that's one of the I think issues that we currently have in our society and in our culture in general is gatekeeping. And this happens with Star Wars fans, it happens in, with Marvel fans. It also happens in the church. Like, it's, it's one particular group of people 
that feels that they are the gatekeepers for all the, all the others. They are the true believers, the true fans, the real fans, and all the others, you know, we will openly criticize them because they are not enough of a fan. They don't pass the, the test. And so I always have to kind of uh, prevent myself from from saying, well, well, this isn't Star Wars. You know, the collectors, that is just commercial and you're just lining the pockets of everybody who wants to make money of this franchise. But who am I to tell someone who loves collecting that that is, that is not the way? It would be a form of gatekeeping. I could just say it's all about the balance. If, if, there's too, if it becomes too commercial and they don't give room for what I think is the heart of Star Wars, which is storytelling, it's these experiences, encounters, that's where things will start to hollow out. And I think it's ultimately bad for everyone. And I felt that this year specifically, there was so much focus on just getting, making money of the fans. I felt a little bit disheartened by that. I was like, I'm just a casual fan. I, I just like Star Wars, but I, I'm here for the experiences. And of course, I, I have a long, multi-year experience now with, with conventions like this and fan festivals or fantasy events. And I have to say that this one actually falls short when I compare it with the, the conventions that I've been to in the Netherlands. My favorite one is Elfia, where it's, it's all about, you know, fairy tales and storytelling. Everybody is dressed up, but they do create a setting where everywhere you go it you are part of a story there's actually even a an entire fairy tale that they made up around the event where elfia is a kingdom like a fantasy kingdom and if you if you cross the threshold you enter another world and it becomes an experience and i so would wish for star wars to do that on events like this so on the other side of the wall you hear this so this is coming from one of the closed sessions, one of the panels. It's, it, there's a black curtain, so I can't see anything, but I can hear the crowd roaring, and you can hear the announcers. And I'm almost tempted to kind of listening in to what's happening on the other side of the curtain, but there's this big security guard, and he, uh, he just stuck out his head, looking around, like, who's this guy talking on the other side of the curtain? Oh, listen to this. This must be a trailer. And it's exclusive. They usually don't post these trailers on, on the internet. I love, I love hearing this. I hear lightsabers and this must be a dogfight or something like that. Oh, cool. The, the, the music is very Star Wars-like, very John Williams-like. trying to figure out what this is. This almost sounds like uh, something from Return of the Jedi. I love it when you're inside that big hall. So I, I, I can't go inside, but it was similar to, an, uh, to Anaheim. It's, it's not just seeing uh, the stage and getting the trailers, but it's to be in this roaring crowd where, where it's like in a football stadium, you know? And even if the, if the match itself is not that good, uh, it, the, the, the the crowd makes up for it. It's just, just you feel it in your 
in your bones. So this is probably also one of the, uh, one of the uh, things that attract a lot of people to these conventions, is to have these common experiences, which again, to make a religious analogy, is not unlike a big event on St. Peter's Square, you know, on Easter, Easter morning. I'm recording this on, on, uh, on, on Holy Saturday, but tomorrow in the Vatican, um, Pope Francis will give his blessing, Urbi et Orbi, so the blessing for the city and for the world. And there will be just as many people on St. Peter's Square, maybe even more than there are people right now in this hall next to me. Um, but there will be the same vibe, it's that same type of experience where you become part of something bigger than you. And it's very... Um, it's, it's very uplifting in a certain way. Uh, and I think it's because we live in times where unfortunately in our societies there's a lot of division and polarization and you have, always have to choose a side. And this is why we need these safe havens. As Catholics, for instance, even though there's also a lot of strife between certain groups of Catholics and some will say, you're not a real Catholic because you're a fan of this and that Pope. Um, or you like this type of liturgy, I like this. We, we tend to focus on what makes us different from one another. But ultimately, these common experiences can also forge a bond that goes beyond those intellectual differences. Not to say that it's unimportant to keep thinking about, you know, what is the way, just like in Star Wars. But one of the things that I like about The Mandalorian, for instance, is, uh, especially in this season currently on TV, uh, it's all about bringing the various tribes of Mandalorians together. And it's both the, uh, the Mandalorians of strict observance, who will never take their helmet off, as well as the more kind of liberal Mandalorians who do take their helmet off, like Bo-Katan, played by Katie Sakov. And, but it's all about how can we bring people together again, because ultimately we need each other. And I love that, because not only is that a very biblical theme, Think of the tribes of Israel and how God through history is trying to unite people again. And, and the, the apostles, the 12 apostles, are kind of uh, the continuation of this process. It's not by accident that Jesus chooses 12 apostles. There were 12 tribes of Israel, 12 apostles, and uh, <laughs> it was just this lady. And she was like, oh, Father Roderick. Oh, he's, he's at work. I cannot talk to him right now. <laughs> Um, but we need those safe havens and at, at the moment you feel this connection and I do feel that when I'm in a big crowd here and we all love the same thing you, that kind of helps you deal with the polarization and the division because you feel like well ultimately we are connected and this bond is stronger than what divides us what separates us and so we need to tell each other these stories be it as a church, you know, religiously, Bible stories, but also with, you could say, modern versions of mythology. Um, humanity has been telling stories as long as humanity exists, even from the early, you know, cave paintings up until this moment with Star Wars and with Marvel, etc. Because it's not just about entertainment, as I said, it's about bringing people together around common values and the best way to share values is by telling a story. Um, a, 
Darth Maul cosplayer is standing here in front of this massive TIE fighter, life-size, and so people can take photos and lots of fans will line up here. I can't believe how much more open and spacier this is compared to yesterday. Yesterday I, I was trying to get closer to the TIE fighter, but there were hundreds of people. Oh wow, here's a, a, a Wookiee with a, with, a, with a hat. And he's like wearing a costume that's more akin to uh, the Beauty and the Beast movie. <laughs> I love the combination. And he's now taking a selfie with a, an alien from Predator. Which, is, again, is a bit of a, a stretch uh, to walk around in a costume from a different franchise. But in a, to a certain extent, isn't this what Star Wars is all about? It's like bringing the galaxy together, even though you may be from an alien race. Uh, you still, ultimately, your, your calling is to be together. <laughs> Earlier today, I bumped into this guy and he was dressed up as Captain Pike from uh, Strange New Worlds, uh, including the, the, the badge and everything. And so <laughs> he was from the United States. I said, you, you, you. That's a gutsy move. And he said, yeah, I was stuck here with my spaceship and uh, this was the only place where I could land. He was totally role-playing it. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. <laughs> so we chatted a bit. But um, you always see these people. Some people really want to do something a bit different, a bit, you know, that makes them stand out. And to a certain, to a certain extent, I'm, I'm kind of doing the same. I'm deliberately not walking around in a Star Wars attire. I'm just walking around in black and I've got my my uh, clergyman, uh, you know, the, the Roman color, because, well, you probably won't see that many of priests walking around here. And so it helps me to get in touch with people. I'm going to take up the, uh, take the escalator here on the end of the hallway. That should bring us to probably a, a, a balcony from which we can oversee the, the main hallway. And, uh, Oh, it's nice to be not be walking here for a minute. <laughs> and then I'm also going to record an episode of The Walk with this same recorder. I'm so glad, by the way, as a little bit of a tech section aside. So I, I didn't take my uh, Zoom recorder with me, which I always have with me. Uh, it's the, my main um, mobile recorder. Uh, but I felt that, you know, I'm going to mainly focus on, on, on filming. I'll just use the microphone of the camera to record my podcast. Not thinking that actually that would create massive file sizes. If I walk around for an hour recording video and audio. Oh my gosh, look at this. <gasps> this is pretty up high. The view from here is amazing. I can see the TIE fighter where we just stand, we're standing in front of. And then now I can tell how huge the crowd is it's like an ant farm basically the sun is shining through the glass roof so it's very colorful definitely a ton more ton more cosplayers than yesterday on the right i totally missed that n11 is the official celebration show store again it's kind of the commercial part and you would be surprised how many people have looked forward to just buying stuff at the official Celebrations show store because they sell t-shirts that you can not get anywhere else so for a lot of people this is like the place to be um, yeah again 
who am I to uh, be a gatekeeper for that? Um, but I, I was talking to uh, two guys from, where were they from? Brighton? Definitely from the UK. And I bumped into them outside. And I asked them, uh, so how was your day yesterday? And the both of them said, oh, it was amazing because we went to the, to the official celebration store. We waited in line and then we spent like 250 quid on, on just all the merch. And it was amazing. I was thinking, I was telling myself, spending 250 pounds on Star Wars merchandise is amazing? I, I would feel really robbed. <laughs> I've already paid a lot of money to be here, so they should be paying us as fans to promote the, the, the franchise. But uh, again, for some people that makes them super happy. But um, yeah, I'd rather spent my money on um, on experiences I don't know where this goes so there's we're still on the first floor and uh, there is a corridor that goes to a different part of the building I wonder what it is let me see VIP lounges steam classroom holonet news stages oh my gosh I didn't even know this was here the holonet news stages this is where for instance podcasters and youtubers will do their sessions and people are even like lining up for this. Oh my gosh, I had no idea that this was here. So there, and I, I like that too, that us as fans and creators, um, Lucasfilm or whoever organizes this gives uh, a lot of these creators a platform as well. And for my part, unfortunately, I don't get any. Wi-Fi uh, or, or cell phone coverage inside because too many people are using uh, the cell phone towers. I had originally planned to look up uh, the sessions from, from one of the uh, YouTubers, um, Star Wars Explained, which is a couple from the United... I think from Canada, if I'm not mistaken. They have this wonderful uh, channel uh, on, on YouTube where they really explain the movies and... Um, but but it's not commercial. You have a lot of like the uh, what, what's it called? There's this channel. The mm, 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 they usually have the videos. Uh, well, you've got Screen Rant, and then there's this other big channel. But those are all made by big companies. So what I like are the kind of the brick and mortar fans like me. We just love to talk about our our common passion for Star Wars. And so uh, I, would, I would love to actually hear more about their, uh, about their show. I know that they're doing a panel, but I have no idea when that is because I don't, don't have the program. Is there, is there a program somewhere where you can see what's going on? Or? See what the... the <coughs> excuse me. She's right there on the door. Ah, okay, on the door. Ah, thank you, thank you. I'll take a look. Yeah. I'll take a look. Let's see what's... Uh, what you can see here. So this is for Saturday. They've got, they ha already had Good Morning Tatooine, video games. This is all over. Generations of Star Wars. Oh, Star Wars yeah, Explained. Yes. Is but that the next one? Yeah, it's the one that's happening now. But it's oh, it's happening now. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh, I just missed it. I love these guys. Are they going to do another one or, or uh, no? No, I think that's uh, it. They're having to get together uh, outside. Uh, oh, the, cool. Up, but yeah, I'll maybe. just go and stalk them. <laughs> 
All right, so they're actually, we're just talking about Star Wars Explained. So they're having their session right now. So that's from, that's, they got an hour, and right now it's, uh, they, they just started actually. I just missed it. Um, anyway, it's full, which again shows that even though these are like regular Star Wars fans, you can still have a massive, massive audience worldwide. And this is something that I enjoy doing as well with the videos, even though I don't have, it's not my full-time job to do this kind of stuff, but I do enjoy meeting people uh, that have been following what I do for a couple of years. And even, like, th there was a, a Scottish uh, lady that came up to me and was like, I love your podcast. And it's like, wow, most people walk up to me and they know me from the Star Wars videos, but there are actually also just regular podcast listeners here. And I know that there are some people that uh, really want me to, to meet me here. I hope that that can happen. But not having Wi-Fi, not having internet access makes it really hard to to get together because you, you can't really message each other. So maybe tomorrow I'll just say, I will be there at this time of the day and then just come and see me. Um, anyway, how long have I been talking? Oh, we're already almost at the one hour point, so I need to start wrapping up. I think I'm, I forgot to mention that the, the recorder that I'm currently using is the HN1, which is also from Zoom. I ordered this. Uh, while I was in Leicester with uh, Michu and Liz um, and one of my uh, listeners actually uh, subsidized the, the purchase of this recorder and it makes me so happy it's even smaller than the H2 what I like about it is that it doesn't have all the contact noise the H2 is very plasticky so even if you turn it on and off you will hear this and I always have to go in, in an editor and, and take that out um, but with this recorder, it's much sturdier. It's, I don't know, it, it works really well. I do have this insanely looking big windshield on top of it, which is the size of a Tribble. Ooh, there's Darth, Darth Maul and uh, some other very cool cosplayers and a Jedi <laughs> walking around here. Oh, there are more fan stages here. People waiting in line for the next one. That is so cool. Um, and apparently they do have internet because they're all watching their phones. So maybe I'll check it out and see if I can post some more, more photos. For those of you that are uh, on Discord, uh, you already know I have a, a section on the Discord server where I post my photos and some stories, things that I've experienced. Oh, wow, it's really getting super calm here. There's carpet on the floor, so that also kind of takes away uh, the, the echo. There are a bunch of Twi'leks standing there. One with uh, purple, uh, how do you call these floppy things? Protrusions, and then a blue one and a yellow one. Um, oh, they're Mandalorian Twi'leks. I didn't even know that was a thing. That's pretty cool. So again, more, this is a university stage. Uh, there's a small line here, fan stage. It's, it's still one, a dream of mine to maybe on the next Exp uh, what is it, celebration to host a panel myself and to focus really on the storytelling and stuff, but again then it should be uh, I should dedicate a bit more time I think than I currently am, am able to do but this H, um, HN1 recorder is really, uh, really good uh, I hope the audio is not too overwhelming because obviously there's a lot of noise, especially downstairs but 
it is it is stereo and it gives a much more it, it's super convenient for me to also do interviews and and just I can just point the microphone and and have a talk so it is I'm so glad that I have this and the h2 even though it's it's a wonderful little recorder but I like this one better secretly it's a bit smaller I don't know if it has all the bells and whistles but for now I would say this this works really well for uh, for occasions and events like this so let's head back to the to the main hallway and then we'll say goodbye I just wanted to uh, briefly discuss the major news that came out of this conference or this celebration and that was of course the announcement that there are three new Star Wars movies in the making not one not two but three with some epic directors on board so we've got Dave Filoni who is going to direct a movie wrapping up the Mandoverse so all these stories in the Mandalorian Star Wars Rebels Clone Wars and all that uh, the new Ahsoka show he's going to direct his first theatrical movie um, that will bring all these stories together and to a certain extent also bring to bring them to a certain conclusion at least that's what I understand so that's the Filoni movie then there will be another movie that is very intriguing and also pretty in innovative uh, or innovative I never know how to where to put the emphasis which is going to be about the genesis of the Jedi. It's going to take place in a time before the Jedi and it shows you the kind of the emergence of the Jedi Order. Fantastic new addition to the Star Wars lore. And if you see the analogies between the biblical fabric of stories and Star Wars, you see the same thing happening. They're filling in the blanks, they're reinterpreting stuff, they're going back in time. And just as Genesis is, to a certain extent, the story that helps us to understand, it's like world building. This is, this is how it works. This is who God is. This is why the world is as it is. Let me tell you a story how that came about. And I think with this movie, they're gonna do the same for Star Wars. They are going to build retroactively the foundation of this universe and and the way it functions and the values it carries and then there is a third movie and that got a lot of fans super excited they kept it for last it was announced by Kathleen Kennedy um, on the main stage yesterday because we didn't have internet most of the fans that were not at the panel were unaware of this announcement but Kathleen Kennedy was the kind of the main head of Lucasfilm Productions right now she announced there's going to be a third movie and here's someone special who is going to tell you about it and then it's it's Ray who, who walks up the stage um, and uh, oh, what's the name of the actress why do I have such a blurry brain today it's probably just fatigue um, uh, what's her name of course the more I focus on trying to find the name I'm more a blank out on it uh, it's on the tip of my tongue I'm just gonna ask these Star Wars fans do you know the actress who plays Ray her name Daisy Ridley. Daisy, Daisy Ridley thank you thank you thanks that, that's so wonderful when I'm doing a live uh, live stream I usually have people in the chat room that will help me with this stuff <laughs> but here we go so she walked up the stage and she said I'm going to be back I am going to be part of this third movie um, 
they've been working on this movie probably the longest so far. They had at one point Damon Lindelof who was writing for it. Apparently he's been let go and someone else is taking his role or maybe he will, someone, another writer is hired to kind of refine the script. And it's going to be about Rey building a new Jedi Order as you undoubtedly already read. And I think that is probably one of the smartest things they could do. Because for a lot of Star Wars fans, of course, as you know, the sequels have, have been a little bit controversial. Um, they've been very rushed in production. We know this. J.J. Abrams even admitted it. Uh, he had to kind of try to wrap the story together. And Ryan Johnson had given it such an unexpected swing. Very original, very cool, but very hard to bring to a close. And so it left a lot to be desired. And to have another movie that's going to tell us what happened to Ray, maybe even get... Finn, you know, Boyega back uh, back as an uh, as a, as an actor. He's been surprisingly positive about Star Wars in the last couple of weeks. I'm thinking you're probably having contract negotiations with Lucasfilm as we speak. So, um, but they can really do a lot to maybe also um, improve on the sequels and and kind of giving a real closure to that story because I felt a lot of the loose ends were not really uh, wrapped up or how do you say that tied up together in the end and of course no more Palpatine I don't want any Palpatine anymore that is done <laughs> so um, it's going to be exciting it's really exciting to see what they're going to bring us in the next couple of years um, for now I'm just going to continue walking around here I may actually uh, go outside for uh, to record the walk because that's a different type of show, different content. I'll probably talk a little bit more about uh, um, kind of the meta side of being at an event like this and about what is the best mindset to enjoy something like this, to, to make the most out of big experiences like this. So anyway, if you want to uh, check that out, just go to fatherroderick.com or um, just look for the walk wherever you get your podcasts. From the Star Wars Celebration 2023 in London, I'm saying goodbye. Have a very blessed Easter. Hope you enjoy those Easter days. And may the Force be with you.